CatsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, July the 24th. I believe, as I look at this calendar, there is technically another Wednesday in this month, but for all intents and purposes, at least for the for this here podcast, this is the last uh, Wednesday of the month. August will be here soon. Virginia's last summer workout is on Friday. Its first fall camp practice session is next Friday. Um, so football is around the corner. We don't need a whole lot more gimmicks or or uh, random things to discuss, which we will get into later in this here episode. Um, but today we're going to talk about Virginia's um, being chosen for the first time as the uh, favorite to win the Coastal Division per those who vote in the preseason um, voting at um, the ACC football kickoff. And then, of course, we will get into, as well as, sorry, Bryce Hall being chosen first team All-ACC. Bryce Perkins picking up six votes for player of the year, which I thought was great. Um, but then, of course, we'll get into the a night with the national champions and the, um, I would say, the the sort of relative uh, negative, the, the, I guess the, the negative sort of vibe that seemed to permeate in some places, um, at least in terms of the way that this thing was rolled out or what have you. So we'll get into that later. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Brad. Well, I'm looking forward to giving some free content to some people, so I hope they enjoy it. Save your money for other ventures you may need it for. Who Days on the board at Who Days on Twitter. <laughs> and up in Reston, uh, staff writer Justin Ferber, also on the program. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm definitely not going to make any promises about this being free. You never know what, what's coming <laughs> down the pipe. Um, I'm, not, I'm not signing any contracts. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. All right, so we're going to start with – we're going to go – we're going to handle this week chronologically. So the first part of the week, Virginia is unveiled as the favorite to win the Coastal Division for the first time, you know, in not only – I mean, look, it's not just they're, they're the favorite to win the Coastal Division, but this is the first time Virginia has been favored to win any part of the conference uh, since 1990 when they only had it by two votes. They narrowly edged uh, Miami in terms of points, but they had a pretty solid advantage over the Canes in terms of the number of first-place votes, which means that somewhere along the way, somebody thinks Virginia's going to suck. But it's worth noting that Virginia goes from being picked last in the division for five straight years and now is going to be uh, going through the season, at least, as the, the, the team that most or at least the prognosticators expect to win it. Uh, we had we had this discussion in varying ways and varying places, but I kind of want to go around and look. I, I know from my, for myself, I thought Virginia should be the favorite. I didn't necessarily know they necessarily would be, but I thought they would. I thought they would get it and they would be close. If my memory serves, Ferber, you thought that it would be somebody. You thought Miami. Am I wrong about that? Did you? Th- yeah, I mean, by the, I think when we recorded last week, I said it was like fifty fifty. Um, Throughout most of the offseason, I thought it would be Miami, but you could kind of feel the momentum starting to build around UVA as the teams went down to Charlotte last week. And then, Dave, you also you agreed with me, right, that you thought Virginia would get it? I thought Virginia was going to get okay. it, yeah. But then when you saw it actually happen, I mean, personally, I was I mean, I mean, was like, oh, wow, they really did it. What was your reaction, Dave? I mean, it's still like, – I don't know. I mean, there's that moment of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we might be good to you – know, I was a Virginia fan, a dramatic change to, oh, so – either win it or you disappoint everyone. So, you know, there's this, <laughs> this terrible, like, thought process you have as a Virginia fan. Um, like, you can't – there's only one way you can not, you know, 
fail to exceed your expectations. <laughs> you know, that's it. You've got to win it now. Everything else is seen as a disappointment. Um, but I think it's just a testament for what, to what Bronco and the staff have done. Um, but I think we can all agree the the fact that Bright, number three is a quarterback um, has a lot to do with a lot of those first place votes. You know, when in doubt these days, you pick the best quarterback, and that's what Virginia you know has in the in the Coastal Division. But I you know I think in the other hand, it's you know they've seen progression from Bronco, and you've got new coaches at a couple other places, and um, some some longer in the tooth than others, but. Yeah, so it becomes who's left, and it's exciting. I mean, think about 1990. Not only did Twitter not exist, the internet barely existed in 1990. Last time Virginia was picked to win it, um, it's it's still surreal. I know it last to first isn't uncommon. Um, didn't take long to find that, but I, I don't think it cements anything. It's just a, a nice, like you know, a, appreciation for a, a program this building and. I'm not worried about all, or is it the players going to let it go to their head? Like, have you met our coach? Like, I'm not too worried about that. So um, uh, I think it's nice. It's fun. Definitely better than last year, lamenting about being picked to finish last, right? <laughs> well, I was laughing because if, I, I mean, I had no delusions of otherwise, but I, it, it, it's funny though that Virginia won a national championship and still there's very much a, you know, um, no, 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 we can't have nice things sort of vibe. Um in terms of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like, I don't think you were on, I don't think you were unlike a lot of Virginia fans, which were like on the one hand happy, but at the same time, like, Oh man, like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I really like this. No. And, and let's be honest, like the Virginia tech, thing, like I know Virginia tech fans are going to love hearing this, but that thing like hanging over your head too, makes it hard to be like, Oh, we can be really good in football. Um, when you're, when you're talking about winning, it could be a game or two when there's one team in the coastal you haven't beaten while they've been in the coastal. That's a problem, right? Um, so it's, you know, I think that weighs in a little bit, but that's fair. You know, it's good. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, I mean, uh, just for starters, I think it's hilarious that every team got a vote. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is like bizarre to me. I thought that there'd be one or two teams that wouldn't get votes, but uh, everybody getting one. I, I hope that the person that voted for Georgia Tech just did it to complete the cycle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, it's not a huge surprise. I think what Dave said about Bryce being the kind of the face of the team right now is is a big thing, and and people, it's a name people know at this point around the league anyway. And then you know, couple that with the transition at Georgia Tech and North Carolina and Miami. Um, if Rick was still the coach at Miami, maybe they're the favorites. Um, I'm, I don't know uh, how many different votes there would have been in that way. Um, if they had a little bit more consistency at quarterback last year, maybe they're the pick this year. Who knows? Um, I, I, you know, it's a cool thing. I mean, obviously, it shows you that people outside of the bubble that we're in kind of think that UVA could be pretty good this year. Um, but it doesn't really matter very much once you take the field. And, and obviously, week one now looms even larger as not just an ACC game, but a coastal game and against the defending coastal champs. And it's on the road. Um, that, that's going to be a big measuring stick for them and obviously uh, could end up having a major impact in the standings down the road. So, uh, you know, there, there's not going to be a lot of, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody recently about this and, you know, I said it's cool that they were picked first, but we could know by week three whether or not that's legit because they'll have two ACC games under their belt for better or worse at that point and, and we'll get a better idea for, you know, where everybody kind of sits once we get a few weeks of the season. 
Yeah, I think that the fact that the, the, if Virginia were to win the Coastal and make it to the to the title game, that it would be the seventh team in seven years to represent the Coastal, right? Um, I'm, I'm right on that, right? Like, that's pretty nuts if you think about just sort of the back and forth. Um, yeah. The thing that's super interesting to me, on the one hand, right, to Dave's point about, you know, Virginia has the best coach for this, I think that there's uh, there's definitely been – this is, a, a I guess, a really good test of that, right? Because this is a team that, that – as the, as the expectations sort of ramped up last year, you know, lost some close games, wasn't able to get it done, and then just came out and just, you know, balled out in the bowl, in the bowl game. Now, granted, I don't think South Carolina was anywhere near, you know, at, 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 uh, at top, you know, condition or what have you. Um, and I don't think – I do think there were a handful of those dudes that were just sort of checked out, right? Like, once Virginia got the lead, like, it was not coming back. Um, but I, that being said, I think Virginia's – team as a as a whole went into that bowl prep and went to work um whatever the coaching staff you know did there you would have to think helped them as they not only set the plan for you know the offseason ahead but also to looking at this year I, the second thing i want to mention is that i also write for the cavalier corner uh, alumni magazine not affiliated with the website of nearly the same name and um i talked to charles Stoughton about for the for a story for that, and he was talking about how, essentially, look, there might be expectations on the outside, but those expectations, honestly, really don't hold anything against what they have expectations for themselves, and they have a coaching staff that is really good at keeping them humble. And I almost wonder if this isn't actually a really good thing to happen to some of those guys, in the sense that like, um, it allows Bronco to motivate and sort of keep them focused in a different way as opposed to, I mean, listen, after a while, like nobody believes in you. It's you against the world is it, it, I want to, I don't want to say it doesn't work, but I do think it's sort of like, it sort of gets old, right. It kind of get it kind of dries up on the vine. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. And I, and I do think that there is a lot there, right. When, when, when you think back to like when Tony and, and the basketball team was really coming along, they had to deal with something similar, right? We talked about this a little bit last week, right? The idea that, you know, suddenly you now the expectations were, were up. And sometimes you, it, sometimes that gets bumpy. Um, but to Ferber's point about the beginning of the season, a whole lot's going to be known in a, in a very sh- small amount of time. Were you guys surprised that, that Bryce Hall was the only New Virginia player on on the list uh, for, all, uh, for preseason voting? Not really. I mean, that was kind of on the projected teams. That's pretty much the only NBA player that was there by consensus. Obviously, we can't really see who got votes and wasn't on the team. So you might have had a couple other guys that were close. But obviously, Bryce isn't going to Bryce Perkins isn't going to get it with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. So um, I guess the other options would have been Snowden, Jordan Mack, maybe Joe Reed as a returner. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I assume all the, you have to, you forget how loaded Clemson is until you look at that team and then you're just like, yeah, they have half the team. And oh, wait, before you go, Dave, I want to get into the whole, like, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the guys that you uh, specifically that could have made it. I I think the point about Bryce Perkins, I mean, obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the player of the year and everybody thought that was coming, but I did think that. Uh, it was interesting when the discussion became like, all right, could if you took a, a team full of ACC All Stars and you played Clemson, who would win? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, just because you, just because Clemson has 13 picks or whatever it was, doesn't mean that like, if the, if the fact that all of them weren't there means there were other better players, you know what I mean? Like, if you took if you took a roster full of ACC All Stars against Clemson, the, the ACC All Stars would win in a walk. 
But the point is that Clemson has been able to bring so many really talented players to one program. Um, I, 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 I bring this up because one of my least favorite things in sports is this whole idea like, oh, could uh, could Alabama beat the Cleveland Browns? No, they couldn't beat the Cleveland Browns. Like the Cleveland Browns are, you know, adult men. Stop it. Um, okay, I, I'm off my soapbox now. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I think Cleveland would handle Alabama pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, no, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I kind of was at first because I thought they did uh, preseason first and second team. Then I realized they didn't. So then, then I was no longer surprised. Um, yeah, who's the last team to uh, win the Coastal without having anybody on the first team? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pitt, that's what I asked. 2018. Yeah, Pitt last year. Um, no, it's uh, – I mean, it makes sense. I mean – yeah, I don't think there's any reason to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, Bryce Hall is really good. There's a lot of good players in the ACC, and maybe, I think at the end of the year you'll see some of our guys there. Yeah, I think I mean, Snowden's if, got if a they, shot. If they win the Coastal, you'll probably see more than one guy there. Yeah, because, but also, I mean, I, 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 my thing is, I don't have, I have a hard time looking at it and feeling like somebody got really like snubbed because like the guys that made it over them are are very legitimate. The picks. only one would be maybe Joe Reed, a returner over Tenye Davis. Right or Dave? That's yeah. his last name. What's his last name? Is it Davis? Tenya? I can't remember his last name. But it, Thomas. It, wow. It could be. It could be Devin Hester over Joe Reed. And I could probably argue. I'd argue. Is it the, the kid from Georgia Tech? Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He returned really two last year, so that's probably he was probably just picked kind of by default, you know, because yeah. he, he returned two kicks last year. One against UVA, if you might remember. Uh, yeah, very much do. Thanks. Yeah, but um, it, they have actually the ACC's kind of this is an off you know topic sort of thing, but they there's a bunch of really good returners in the ACC. Joe Reed is good, and he's good, and uh, Daz Newsom from North Carolina is good. Um, and then there's a kid from uh, Syracuse. It's like really good, and I forget what his name is. Um, really small, but yeah, I mean that was one that I was kind of looking for, but I mean I wasn't surprised when it was somebody else because that one. If anything, that is one of the ones where people kind of mail it in and they just pick the person who's like the leading returner from the year before. I, I think there's there's definitely some truth to that. I think maybe you could have made an argument um, for Snowden um, because of you know some of the things he did. I think you probably could if you if you really wanted to. You, you could have tried to make an argument for Rankinsmeyer, but the problem there is like you're not really even really sure right now what position he's going to play. So I think I think with with Bryce and and Bry, Bryce, if there was a second team, Bryce would have been the second team uh, quarterback. So I mean, at the end of the yeah, year, I that, that that'll be a thing. Um, I've got one for you before we change it. Okay, yeah. It, off the radar, like a player we haven't mentioned yet on Virginia's roster, you think could end up in the first or second team All ACC at the end of the year? Whew. Oh man, go first, Ferber. Um, <laughs> my, my, now you get the first pick, Ferber. The first thing, I, the first thing I would think would be a wide receiver, but I don't think that's going to be the case because wide receiver is so loaded in the ACC. Unless um, you think UVA is going to score like 30, 35 a game, right? Yeah, and it would have to be a lot. It would just have to like if, for example, if it was like Joe Reed, he would have to up his touchdown production and his catch production significantly because you forget like. You know, they can just take three receivers and that's the team. And you have the two guys at Clemson are like going to be like top 10 NFL draft picks when they go pro. Uh, yeah. Justin Ross still has another year to, to play, but after this one. And then you have uh, Tamori and Terry at Florida State is really good. Um, and Tech has two good receivers. Um, but anyway, like, uh, 
Off? You mean like not Jordan Mack, not Charles Snowden? No, I'm just saying. I mean, it can, uh, I mean, if you want to name those, it's fine. I was just saying, <clears throat> it's someone we haven't talked about. That I would say, I would say maybe like Joey Blunt. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look at like, what's at that position or maybe like Brad said, maybe like an offensive lineman. Um, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to come up with one. I'll probably (laughs) think of somebody in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the offensive line. That's a, that's an easy one because it's the one position where I think maybe aside from quarterback, usually the, the quarterbacks of the best teams are the ones that make this kind of thing. Right. But offensive line is the one where mainly like you look at who wins and then you, you pick a dude. Or two, right? Or you, or you look at the teams that have you know decent running games or what have you. Yeah, the, the teams that they didn't don't have give up, give up a bunch of give, bunch give of up sacks. sacks. Right. Yeah, um, that's why like Snowden wasn't going to make it because if you look at his production for an edge guy, he doesn't he didn't have any sacks. Right. So like he's yeah. not going to make the team. Yeah, he only had two and a half last year. Yeah. Um What do you have? Seven and a half tackles for loss. He's got up and he his, had a bunch of pass breakups and stuff. Yeah, but, that, I mean, that like, they don't, people don't look at that stuff. That's when true. Those positions. He, he led the nation's linebackers in PBUs, which in and of itself is actually kind of cool but then if you think about it in the big scheme like is that going to be something to catch a voters you know attention but he would be my guy i mean just because i think virginia's got if you think about like in terms of scheme like we just got to figure out a way to keep him free um you're not going to have chris peace and his team high what 11 and a half sacks or whatever it was um you, you're going to have to figure out how to get back there maybe i mean the problem that you have at other positions is maybe you have a guy like eli handback who's going to be really good but like you're going to get overshadowed like a lot, you know, like not just Clemson's defensive line, you know, and heck, Mike Hollins could come out there and, and, and run for a grand and it won't matter because AJ, Dill- you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you sort of have to look around. Um, but I think Snowden would be the, my, the most obvious choice. Though Joy Blunt, I think is a good pull too, because safety is a spot where usually you look at the best defense or the best couple defenses and you sort of just pick a guy who has a lot of good gaudy tackle numbers and he could have a lot of gaudy tackle numbers. He's a very good tackle. Yeah, I would I would go Mandy Alonzo. Um, that's, that's a way that's a way out because yeah. I think Eli is going to have a great year, um, and I think now you've got you've got depth to be consistent beside Mandy um, in the other spot. So and and I think with Snowden and whoever you know and whoever's at the other outside linebacker, you're going to have more versatility. So they're going to I think our numbers are going to be a little. Someone on the defensive line is going to have a good year statistically. Maybe not 15 sacks or 10 sacks, but right. There's going to be a guy who's productive, and I think Mandy, like Mandy, was playing really well before he got injured last year, and you add that to some better pieces around him, mm-hmm. and you and you figure that you know the ACC voters don't want to put four Clemson dudes at all, you know, at all four defensive line spots. Um, I think a guy like like Mandy could slip in and and be off the radar, but Blunt's probably the safest pick. Um. My thought was, as you were talking about Mandy, is that actually if I was going to go off the reservation, it would be somebody like Rob Snyder because, um, just, just like a ton of tackles. Just yeah, yeah just a just a just a just a because that's guy. what I mean. That's what like you said, they're going to vote for a bunch of dudes that are like Clemson players, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it's going to be guys that were like ultra productive, right? They're and not. That's why they're I was not, having trouble. Yeah, they're not diving into the pro football focus numbers. You know what I mean? Like they're not like, well, you know, he. Yeah, they're not going to look at like Rob Snyder's pass coverage stats. <laughs> like you know, they're not gonna, like, but but if he had like a million tackles and they won nine games, ten games, yeah. then maybe and won the, yeah, they win nine, ten games and win the Coastal Division, like, they're going to get a bunch of dudes who are going to get some first, second team votes. All right, let's transition over to the other half of the – or it's not going to be half. This is going to be the rest of the show. Um, 
I mean, I'm worried about talking about this because I feel like all three of us agree about it. So I don't know if that's going to make for a good discussion. And I, and I want to be fair to people who disagree with our position. So I do want to, I do want to at least, I'm not going to play devil's advocate, but I am going to kind of try my best to sort of illustrate um, where people have an issue. But anyway, so Virginia announces today that they're going to have what they're calling on September the 13th, a night with the national champions where the players are there, they get their rings, the, um, um, the banner for the national championship game or national championship itself is unveiled. Um, lower bowl tickets are 50 bucks. Upper deck, 25 You're also, if you wanted to, you could donate a certain amount of money for tables and such on the floor. They're basically turning this into a quasi-fundraiser um, with some, I guess it's a fundraiser with some caveats, right? So it, 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 there are opportunities for people to come, but they do have to pay. Um, the, the, the general sort of gist of the, neg- of the negative reaction that surprised me, frankly, uh, to this is, one, that... I think a lot of, for a lot of people, they only focused on the donor part of it, and they didn't necessarily focus on the logistics part of it, which is it probably it's going to be impossible. Let's just say it like this: it's going to be impossible to get all of these kids back for the home opener. And how are, how would you give them their rings? Like, would you have a ceremony at halftime? How 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 can Tony Bennett and his current players take part in that? What are you are you going to have it before the game? Like. It does it does offer some real logistical issues that this kind of thing solves. It allows everybody to be there. It allows them to be together, frankly, probably for the last time, if you think about it, right? Um, and it can be just about that, and you don't have to worry about anything else. Um, there's also the positive of, look, Virginia's trying to do some stuff, and they want a national championship. If they don't fundraise off this, what are they going to – that's a – you're derelict of duty if you don't. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, I, I think that the, the general gist of the negative reaction is that they feel like they're shutting people out. Um, it makes it less special to not have it at the home opener. Uh, there was not really a – it didn't seem clear that there was a student component. Like are the students – can the students just come? Is it, or are they, you know, do they have to spend 25 It doesn't matter, that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to open it up to you guys and sort of get some – viewpoints and comments uh dave let's start with you because you when we got on this you said the thing ruined your day um what what are, what's your general sort of uh when you got your arms around this thing what did you come away with i mean what kind of self-entitled bs have i looked at all day i mean look uh, maybe i'm going too strong at it but like the amount of whining about this makes absolutely no sense to me the, the team played in Minnesota, and I heard how many people wanted to be in Minnesota, you know, wanted it all. They came back. They, they had a meet and greet when they got back. Then they had the big event at, J, at, at Scott Stadium, which was free. Um, evidently, a million people wanted to be there for that, but only whatever showed up did because that was free to the public, right? Um, and then the guys went and did their thing, and now it's it's banner unveiling time. And I can understand, like, you know, I, I, I we can all say, like, Brad and Justin and I all were trying to figure out who the first home opponent was going to be, and that's going to be when the, the banner got unveiled. But then I started thinking, after today, I started thinking about, like, how would that work with Tony? Because Tony's not going to show up as opponent, right? He's not going to have a 30-minute ceremony before the game with the banner. He wants his guys focused, um, and he's not going to do it with the other team on the court. So how awkward would that have been anyway? And if I remember correctly, that's like, what, around Thanksgiving? that first game at home. So, I mean, it's just great. You'd be there. 
so everyone wants to be there be there for that too but it's only fifteen thousand. you know not everyone can be there someone's going to be upset they couldn't make it and it's jmu i guarantee you like the tickets would have been expensive anyway um, and it, what is it going to be because like i said tony's not going to have every player come out and get a ring uh ty and kyle and and maybe jack <laughs> you know and uh who did i miss dre they're going to be playing in the nba at that point they're not coming back on a random night for that for that ceremony so so they decided to do it this way, and that's fine. Um, I read through the thing the first time, and look, I saw the table options, but I saw the $25 GA for upper general admission, upper level, 50 lower level. I went ahead and got my upper level tickets to take my daughter. Um, didn't even think about the tables. I was just like, well, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll get the tables. But the outrage, man. What? I don't well, understand okay. the outrage. Let me, let me, let me. Like, does this wanna... ha- if this is free, how many people are not getting in that building? That's a good point. Look, two things. One is if you were going to go to a Virginia game, right, it, it's going to cost you money. You're not going to go for free. Especially, even if it's JMU, uh, hashtag Brighton Lights, um, even if it's JMU, you're, you're still going to have to spend some money. Oh, well, by the way, it's the home opener for the defending national champions. And you have a, you're going to have a lot of – this is going to be an interesting season to me because you have a lot of interest that's going to be focused on Virginia in a different way, right? In the past, it was always like, oh, we don't care what you do in the regular season because you got to prove it. Well, then they proved it, and then three of those dudes went pro, right? So three of those dudes went pro, and now you have not just the defending national champions, but defending is a weird word because it's not the same team, yet the interest will be there. People are going to be interested to see what Virginia looks like without those three, especially earlier in the year, right? So you get the home opener after they play Syracuse. I think that's going to be a, a really expensive ticket, and it's going to cost money to get in there. I don't want us to do. I don't want us to do that thing though, where where we assume that the people who are maybe had some issues with it were all outraged. We got to be careful that um, that we that we don't live inside of like a Twitter bubble. Like I know on social media and maybe even message boards. Like there were even in that thread about it on ours. Like there were a handful of negative folks, and even though I disagree with them, like I don't know if they were a plurality. You know, I just think that. Some of the points that I've heard and read don't make sense to me, at least on their face. Like, if you're upset that Virginia wants to raise money off of a national championship, I mean, I, 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 every week, right, on this podcast, not only do I talk to you about subscribing to my website, but I talk to you about Fanatics, and I talk to you about how it's a, we're part of the affiliate program, and I talk to you about how, like, if you want to buy some championship gear. Like, one of the biggest regrets of my life, as I mentioned on my um, thing with Kevin the other day, that, you know, did you have a question? Like, is that I didn't have that in place before they won. Like, this is the time where, you know, the the, the people are excited. And if they want to, you know, if they want to donate to Virginia and to Virginia Athletics, now is the time, right? And, I mean, honestly, they would be crazy if they didn't try to do something like this. There was a donor component to the Saturday morning when they hit the button, or not, because it wasn't actually a button, but when they decided, you know, when they took down U-Haul, right? There was a donor component to that, too. And they had a bunch of former players and current – I think there were a couple current guys. I'm not real sure who all was over there because I wasn't over there. But, like, of course they need to fundraise. They're trying to build a multimillion-dollar facility, right, to, to do a lot of different things for the school. I just I, – I, I guess I, I don't want us to, to pretend or to make it seem like there's this, like, huge, up, you know, outrage swell i mean in some ways yes i think we we have to be mindful though that the people who who reply that you get a handful of replies and it might seem like that um but 
I don't know if that's the general consensus. Now, I do think, and Ferber, I'm going to let you talk here a second, but like, I do think Ferber said something that I thought was interesting is like, if they had if they had just reworded it slightly, it would have hit people differently. And what was what was what was your thought process there? For what did you think if they had done differently, what should they have done? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you kind of hit on it. I think that the focus was heavily on the fundraising aspect of it which is fine because they want to tell people how they can get tickets and all that good stuff. But they never mentioned the nuanced things that people might forget. Like you mentioning that the players wouldn't be able to be there for the banner thing and how that is different than like a professional team where most of those guys would be back. Right. I mean, every, every professional team, you're going to lose a couple of guys, but most of the team will be back when you raise the banner in college sports. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, I, I get it. I, I'm on board with the idea. At first, when I first read it, I said, this is weird. Like, it, it seems like a money grab. Um, and then you start to think about those reasons and you're like, okay, well, this, you know, this makes sense. Um, and it's not an un- insignificant amount of money that they would be raising either. I mean, I kind of did the quick math on it and I think they could make like a million dollars off of this, um, which is very important money that they need for the football program, which people are not very uh, quick to donate to at this point um but i mean yeah i think that if they just highlighted the fact that it'll it'll help the players all get to be there and uh you know make it kind of a standalone event and i think the reason that people got upset about it was they were saying like you know there's been a lot of things throughout this post championship run where like you know, you could go to Scott Stadium for the celebration or you could go to JPJ to see the team after they got back from, from Minneapolis, whatever. And then this one, it, it kind of, if you just look at it on face value, it looks like, um, you know, we're going to raise the banner, but we're going to find a way to monetize that. And I think that that rubs people the wrong way, but I think that there's some context to it that makes it like actually a pretty smart idea. Um, and... You know, it's just the the messaging, I think, was a little bit – I honestly think the, the person – I'm not trying to blame anyone or anything, but they probably just didn't anticipate the blowback. They were probably like, oh, this will have a lot of buzz. A lot of people will be have excited forbid, about this. Yeah, have everybody they'd be like, and, oh, and, people are know, excited about our championship. Yeah, I got you. And it, it's going to sell out. So, like, we don't – you know, this will be viewed as a positive thing. But I think people saw it as just, like, a way to generate – like a, a lot of money, especially when you have the stuff in the release about buying the tables for thousands of dollars. Yeah. I think that's that's when you kind of get the optics of it change. Um, but again, like there's no perfect way to do this. I mean, they're probably uh, the, the banner thing. Like it's great, but there have been a ton of people that wouldn't have got to see it anyway. I mean, if it was at the JMU game and then like these ring ceremonies, usually they're not, that's not even public, you know, yeah, they, that's, they yeah, that's another thing too. It's public, but I think that I still think that I don't want to jump to conclusions, but there's still an opportunity for them at the JMU game to do something. Oh, I think absolutely. It just won't be as elaborate. Yeah. They could, they could re, uh, they could like roll the banner out again. Yeah. And like, and do it all over and, and kind of build this September thing as like the first chance to see it. Yeah. Or, or, you know. And then, I mean, all they had to do with the JMU game would be to, to do that. And then when they played the intro video, you know, I mean, cause how, how much of that video is basically going to be stuff from the national championship game and whatever the licensing says they can use. Right. So they, they'll use their own stuff and that little video plays. And then at the end, you know, the spotlight goes and the thing unfurls. I mean, like that'd be perfect. 
the one point I wanted to make while you were uh, while you were discussing um, sort of the the ins and outs of the release, I think the idea that if if there's a quote from Tony where Tony says we're really looking forward to having um, a packed house for this event to celebrate this our ki- our kids as they get their rings and unfurl the banner, this also will give us the opportunity to to get as many of our former you know players back or as many of those players back right. Because I can understand from a technical standpoint, you don't want to say, hey, pay this money because DeAndre Hunter and Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy are going to be here. And they might not necessarily say yet that they are going to be there, right? But at least you're setting it up in a way that you could have them conceivably come. Um, the, 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 the desire to have that in, in black and white is pretty clear, right? You, if you're, let's be honest. If this, is, if this is a concert, right, and you're going to say the Rolling Stones are coming, right? You kind of want to make sure Mick Jagger is going to be there, right? And if you're going to celebrate that team, you want to know if those three players. I mean, not to that doesn't. I'm not saying that the other players don't matter, but they were obviously the focal points of that team. Um, they're the guys that aren't going to be, you know, there on opening night, right? Um, and or excuse me, the home open. I keep calling it opening night, even though it's not technically opening night. I just think that it makes sense to me. Hey, we don't know for sure. Like they haven't confirmed to us that they're going to be there, so we can't put it out there. Right. So what can we say? I think they should have said something. But ultimately, like, I don't have a problem whatsoever with what they said. I think it's a great idea. And frankly, it's a good problem to have that you got people upset about the way that you're going to, you know, un- unfurl the banner, because that means you've got a banner. Right. I mean, like that that was a there, there was definitely a surreal sort of moment. Like, oh, man, people are legitimately upset, like to varying degrees, but just upset in general. Let's just say it like that, that. The national championship banner is not going to be unfurled the way that they kind of hoped or, or foresaw. And I think you know what if that's if that's going to if that's going to be a thing if that's a if that's a can I sign up for more of these because I would love to have that problem from now until whenever. I think part of it is people are afraid of how other people on the outside will view things. Like it's not necessarily like individual people are upset that they can't go. It's more like it looks like this is what we're trying to do. It looks like that. You know, they're just trying to make them, you know what I'm saying? Like, op, not optics from, like, people inside the fan base. People out there, they're worried about how they're going to be perceived outside the fan base. It's the same as anything yeah. else, like, in in sports marketing or whatever. Yeah, and I think some of that goes to the fact that we, as Virginia fans, have been babied for the last several years because our program yeah. struggled prior to Tony and, 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 you know, hopefully Bronco turning this thing around. Like, this is not the reality of sports anymore. You don't get to, like, get free stuff and go watch your team play and, and put your arms around each other and sing the good old song and say, hey, we did our part. Like, you've got to pony up. Um, every other school is doing it. We've had this discussion about football and seating and people still not coming to games because they got reseated 20 years ago, right? That That's the reality now. You're paying coaches millions of dollars and and – you know, you want better facilities and you want this, you want that. You expect your team to win. They want them to do it right, but you don't want to fork any money over. So, you know, if it, if it had to have the word fundraiser in it to make people feel better, I'm sorry. Like, take it. You're adults. Like, most of you on Twitter seeing this are adults. You need to understand the way the game is played. If you want to see Virginia continue to show up in, as championship teams, you need to support the program. JPJ is a beautiful facility, but it's not getting any younger. There's going to come times where money's needed to make that better because people are building facilities now. Um, if you look at the Virginia Athletics Foundation, this is something we've talked about before. Only 8,700 people donated last year. If you just take the salaries of our two head coaches in football and basketball, 
that means all 8,700 of those people had to donate almost $1,000 just to cover those salaries for one year. And that's all you've got donating. So they've got to raise money. Um, if you don't like the optics of it, like to me, that's on you. That Go find another team. Go try to go to a game at any other school and find out how much money it takes for you to walk in that door and get a season ticket. That's the reality of sports now. Um, I think Virginia, I think UVA handled, like, great. It, the Tony Bennett quote, I agree, would have been great. But the guy won you a championship. Maybe, maybe this is the time you give him a little bit of leeway. Say, okay, uh, I don't want to pay to go. Don't go. Because I guarantee you that place is going to be packed. Yeah, um, and I don't think anybody, I don't think their intention was like, this is a pure money move. Like, I don't think that was the idea. It was probably but that's like, what it know, came across. Like. Yeah. It, it, I think, I think the idea was like, you know, what would be a cool idea is if we raise some money by doing it on the Florida state game weekend, the night before while all the players are there and get some people in town for the game. And, and it just kind of like made sense. And then they just only talked about the money part in the release. So people freaked out about it, but you're right. I mean, and, and that's the thing. People are saying, like, I hope the students can go and, and I hope as many people can go as possible. And that's great. I think that. But I mean, there's already a lot of things, like I mentioned, that have been free, like Scott Stadium the, after the championship game. Obviously, that was free. Um, you know, like the, the, they have a blue white scrimmage every year. You can go to that. It's free. Also, the students, it's like I appreciate what they do. They're loud. They come to the games. They're always there. But it's easy to root for a program that's in the top 10 that plays in the ACC. Like, that's not hard. What's hard is going to the football games, any of them. Go to some football games. And then and then we can talk about, like, what they're owed in, in terms of, you know, getting to go to stuff like this. They go to, they get to go to the ACC quality basketball games in a beautiful arena um, and watch one of the best teams in the country. Like, uh, are the games free for them? If not, they have access that most people don't have. So Yes, I believe they are free. And it's cool that they take advantage of that, but, they, they you know, like the football program needs their support too, so I don't necessarily feel as bad. And then people don't come to those games and they don't stay. I want I want to – well, first off, Dave went on a – man, that was like the, the most scorching of scorchers I think you've ever, like, dropped on the podcast. That was impressive. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everybody knows that, that it was not me, so don't send me your email. Okay, <laughs> go to Dave's Twitter. You can welcome. You can send it to me anytime you want. Yeah, you yeah. find Dave. Uh, I won't give his place of business, but he gave his Twitter handle earlier, so feel free. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to play devil's advocate here. I do want to take a step back though, and you're because I, I think you're, you're. You guys are making good points. I, the thing I do want to make sure we 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 try to capture here is, and if I'm wrong on the time frames, please someone speak up. But like. If you were someone who thought, I want to get season tickets because I want to go see that game, right? And you, for whatever reason, aren't going to be able to do this, right? Maybe you live a ways away, but you were, you know, you were going to be here for that. I can understand that mindset. And I also understand, like, if if you're constantly nickeled and dimed, right? You go to a game and the hot dogs are like $11. You know, I get, I get that there's some frustration there. And also, too, this is a time, let's be real, right? This is a time where attendance at everything is dwindling because people can watch it at home, drink and eat whatever they want for a whole lot cheaper than they would wherever they were, they were wherever the game's going to be. They don't have to worry about traffic. They don't have to worry about those pushy uh, security guards at JPJ um, who won't let you take a water bottle in at a camp in the middle of July, or excuse me, in June. Not that I'm salty. Um, I, I get, I get that 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 there is there is a mindset among fans. That either the, the the people who can spend more money than them 
push them out, right? Or they're always asked to pay more, right, for stuff. So I'm not trying I, – I, I hear what you guys are saying. I just – I want to be careful that we're not like saying like, oh, stop whining because you got some free stuff. I don't think that folks expect it to be free. I think they expect it to be even. And I actually think this event is more inclusive because you can't sit in the lower bowl at JPJ for $50, right? You, you, that's just not going to happen. Now, maybe you get lucky one game and you, you find some tickets the day before. But by and large, large swaths of people aren't going to sit in sections such and such and such and such in mass for 50 bucks, right? Um, it, I also understand that people are like, why are, why, why are we trying to raise money for this other thing that's not going to do anything for basketball? It does it for the university and for the athletic department as a whole. And so even though you guys made points about, you know, fundraising for, for whatever. Actually, the release this after the release of the VAF members said the, the, the money raised is going to help the basketball program. Yeah. Didn't say anything about, see, but this, but so. if you but see if you direct that money there, then that's other money from other places you don't have to direct. So it's it's all it's it's all the same. I just want to make the point that like, uh, all you know, it's like what is it? What's the saying? You know, um, you know, it raises all boats. I mean, that's the basic general gist, right? My point that my point here is that I'm look, I'm not trying to say you guys are wrong, and I'm certainly not trying to say that people who are outraged are right. I just want to make sure that. I don't think everybody's outraged just because they wanted free stuff. I just think that they're out. I think in some ways they don't, the optics of it are bad, at least in the sense of like, um, it does in some ways feel like that. But at the other hand, others, you guys make good points. It's like, that's the reality of college athletics, but it's also the reality of like, this is, this is the cash cow. Like if Disney doesn't try to make money off star Wars, what are they doing? Right? Like if they don't make a million star Wars movies, why did they buy it? Right. If you you're going to spend, you know, well, I guess technically Tony's salary now is part of a, um, a endowment or whatever. But, you know, if you're going to spend money on such and such and such and you win a national championship. You, you have to fundraise off of it. You, of course you do. You know, like you don't get a new TV and don't have a bunch of friends over to watch some big game or some, you know, some movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course you want people to come and of course you want to try to fundraise off of it. And if you genuinely think that they shouldn't do that. I got some really bad news for you about the rest of 2019 and the world we live in. You know, like I, I'm trying to, I don't know enough about like what other past national championships done. I do think that if I'm right about this, that basically it's not really common for national champions to not do midnight madness, right? Like midnight madness is kind of the way that they normally do this kind of thing. Right. Am I wrong about that? So like the fact that UVA doesn't do it makes UVA a little bit more outside of the normal norm. Am I wrong about that fellas? Yeah, I mean, most teams do Midnight Madness just because it's like a big marketing opportunity, you know, and it's usually free, so people can go, and then it's a recruiting thing, and, you but know. do we it's, know it's free? I'm, like, I'm pretty sure if it's not, if, if it costs money, it doesn't cost much. I, I don't think they charge money, or if I mean, they how do, How many people are showing up at, at, you know, at UNC Midnight Madness if they're not charging for it? There's going to be a riot, right? Um, especially coming off a national title, so I'm guessing there's some money somewhere. Yeah, or you have to get like a ticket or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But that's the idea. It's it's more like available. You're you're more open to the public. But nowadays, like like Brad said, it's easier to get tickets and stuff because people aren't going as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a delicate balance, I think, between like the fundraising stuff and and seeming like you're pushing for every dollar you can get. But that's like Dave said. I mean, that's the way the sports are. If you don't like it. You can watch from home. I mean, with the banner thing, like 
can I just tell you something? Like, that banner is going to be there. It's not That's true. Yeah, it's not like it's going to disappear. <laughs> and also, it, I can like I can already tell you what it looks like now. Like, I mean, it's, it's blue. not like you're, it's it's not like you're gonna. It's not like you get to see what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. It's not like it's. It's not like there's going to be some mystical thing, or it's not going to be like a. It's not going to be like a painting of the team or something like that. It's not. It's going to be a big cloth banner that says 2019 National Champions with the Final Four logo on it. Pause. And, I don't, and they'll put it somewhere. I'm so you salty. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Anytime you go to JPJ. I'm so salty right now that I can't make that entire sentence about Pulp Fiction the title of this episode. That was the <laughs> that was the greatest like pull in the history of pop culture pulls. But that's a good point. Like we can't. Why are we pretending like it's going to disappear? Yeah. You know, like we talked about like I, so like the the Capitals won their Stanley Cup last year, and a lot of my friends were like talking about going to the banner raising game, and it was tickets were absurdly expensive, like two hundred dollars, and I was like, well, I can just go like next week and see it for twenty five dollars, <laughs> and it, it'll be there for years to come. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, it's not it's not as big of a. I, I think part of it is people like i said the optics thing and then also people don't want to feel like the the experience of it is being like sold to the highest bidder but that's not really what's happening here because you can buy tickets for 25 dollars. yeah it's not it's not a big deal Dave, what yeah. are you gonna say? If it was like only to the people like if they were like we're only allowing people to see it that like pay five thousand oh my god or what if they what if they were going to charge you they were going to stream it but you had to pay like 2.99 like <laughs> you know like to, to get access yeah. to the stream you had to spend 2.99 like that would be a money grab Oh my God! What if they now do that, and I feel horrible, man. That well, what's weird? Hard, that's, but that's what I'm saying. If there's so much demand to see this banner raising, they should raise the banner in a football game. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about my, my ideas for football game stuff later on in the year. But um, the what's funny to me with that new scoreboard, like where are they going to put this banner where you can, where everyone in that stadium, you know, everyone in the arena can see it go up. Because that spot doesn't no, exist. You won't. You won't. Not not everybody will see it go up. Which means someone's going to pay five thousand dollars for a table and not be able to see the band. And be yeah, that's true. Or where hopefully they'll be they'll be within eye shot of one of those mini mini screens. Oh, they'll just the, they'll watch it on the Grisham cam on the Grisham. As we call it. <laughs> um, well, I think what they'll do is they'll probably do something with that because they can raise it up even higher, like into the ceiling, or they can put it on the floor, obviously. And they'll probably have a stage set up sort of deal, kind of like they did for the national championship yeah. game. Yeah, but I'm saying there, there is absolutely no way you can put – there's nowhere in that arena where everyone's going to be able to see it. So that that's the fun. Yeah, thing, and, right? and that's the thing. Yeah, I mean gonna, it, some people, if, if they put it where the other banners are, some people will be looking directly at it from yeah. 10 feet away. But I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I, at the end of the day, it's it's a banner like that. It's it's a it's a remembrance it's of the first cool. of many. You can see it. Yeah, you can see it whenever you go to JPJ. And if if you're not fortunate enough to be able to go to JPJ, well, I'll I'll send you a picture. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll leave it with this: if if you ever tweeted or spoke to your friends or, or texted your buddies or whatever in the last whatever number of years that Tony Bennett deserves a lifetime contract, then you shouldn't be complaining about them raising money. Um, because at some point they're going to pay the man more, even though that's not what he's about. Like that's the way the game works. So I'd much rather be getting, you know, them trying to raise money after showing me a championship banner than me them coming to me after last year and saying, "Hey, you need to give us some more to make it." Right. So <laughs> well, also, they got to roll what they got to roll. If you've ever complained about, you know, like the football recruiting or whatever, you know that that's recruiting and all that stuff is factored into the master plan that they're working on and. All that stuff. So it has a. It's gonna like Brad said perfectly put. 
you're leveraging something great into other things that can be great. Like you're using money to, to help the rest of the athletic department, which is how these teams like Clemson afford to do stuff for their other sports programs. They use all that money they make from football and either. Well, I mean like LSU just puts it all into the locker room or whatever, but um, that was only 28 million. Imagine yeah, I know. But, like. but what I'm saying is like you use all that football money and then like you, when you have to renovate little John Coliseum or whatever, it's there. Right. And, and you can you, basketball. You're not going to make as much money on a grand scale, but it's a start. If they make a million dollars off this, it's a million dollars that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to raise. Yeah. The JPJ is what twenty, almost twenty years old now. Oh god, nah, yeah. like no. twelve. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that far. It's like two thousand. It opened two, like November two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. So thirteen years old. Yeah. All right. Two things. One, Ferber, Ferber just gave me a compliment, which I think is a first in the history of this podcast because normally he's just like crapping on me about anything ridiculous I say. Um, um, but second, like. I actually, I mean, I don't want us to like get too into the weeds here because we're like 40, 49 minutes ish in. But like, I wonder what the banner is going to look like. And until until so like when Ferber said like I can tell you what it's going to look like, and I immediately was like, yeah, it's it's just like the other one. It's blue. It's got orange trim. You know, whatever. Then I was like, wait, what is it going to look like? And I was like, maybe it'll be white. So it's like at Duke, right? And I'm I, I understand like all of you hate Duke. Okay, I'm not saying it should be like what Duke does, but I'm just making a point. So, like, Duke, they have all these things that hang from the ceiling, but their their championship stuff is very different. And I actually I think that should be a good thing. Like, that should be the way they go. I actually kind of hope it's huge and white with, like, blue lettering and has a – and it's it's not – it's it looks different. Like, everything that's up there now looks similar. I want it to be different. What do you guys think? And, don't, and like, don't, like, you know, don't start ordering the yeah. thing. I, mean, I think it would be cool if it was white. Yeah, I want it to like, be white. I want it white. Maybe with a different some, color or something. Yeah. Yeah, white with like blue, like a blue like uh, outline, and then you know verbiage or whatever they're gonna put on. Also, I've seen people talk about putting it up on like the uh, the brick on the far side, like behind where the students are. Yeah. You know where they have those like scoreboard things now. Mm, yeah. I think cool. that would be a pretty cool place to put it because you can see it from the atrium when you walk in the building. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no seats up there. So like you wouldn't, it wouldn't be like in anyone's way or anything. Yeah. I mean, you, I guess you just want to put it in a place where you, you, you would like to think that there could be more, right. Cause you want to imply that, that this is the yeah. first, of, like Dave said, the first of many, I think I also like the idea of, um, of like the, that, that emblem that they made, right. That says national championships. I, I am fascinated by that thing. I want to know how far in advance that thing existed and who drew it. And, and well, one who commissioned it, I, I did. Yeah, well, we also we always talk about jinxes and stuff, and it's like somebody made that like three weeks before or something. Or or have they had that? Roll, or like. have they had that thing? Is somebody somebody had that had uh, had a computer with a Photoshop file of that thing just sitting there for a while, right? And then they just put in the. De- I, I want to know, like, I wish they would, because they'll never talk about it. But I, I wish that like Jeff White or somebody could like get them to do it, because I just think that that's fascinating. Like that that thing that you can now buy because my my did my mom and my dad both have it. My dad bought like three of them. My dad like went crazy with the the stuff. My sister listens to this podcast, so she's gonna re- inform him that I gave him this shout out. But like my dad went nuts on buying championship stuff, and like I, he bought these emblems. Which when he showed me a picture of it, I thought it was gonna be like you know like a few inches. No, no, man, that thing is huge. Like it take off like half, a third of your window. Um, but like he. That image, that big, that huge thing, like somebody drew it, right? Somebody put it together, and then they decided to start selling it. Now, look, 
I'm not saying they should put it on the banner, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if it's if it's on the banner. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a it's a very like they, it's a thing that they want associated with the championship, and they are going to you know obviously the the, the whatever links the law requires so that you can you know sell it and own that the rights to it and everything. I'm just curious to see what it would look like. Dave, what, what did you what did you say you wanted the banner to look like? I, I don't know if I was. I think a different color is good. Whether that's orange or white doesn't really matter to me. Um, but I, I like Justin's idea. I think against that brick backdrop, because um, there's no way like, you can't just put it in the with the other ones, right? Because then it just kind of falls into place, and you can't really put it in the middle of JPJ because then the scoreboard blocks the view from a lot of people. So that end where you can throw a light on it during your intros and it's always visible seems seems smart to me. Um, I, I'll be happy wherever. Look, uh, yeah, the last thing I can wrap my brain around is the fact we're debating where our championship banner is going to be. Um, a good problem to have, I told you. But I did. Uh, I know we're not going to be able to talk about it now, but I just realized, I just remembered the thing we said we wanted to talk about this week is where to put that Todd Jerome plaque. So we'll have to bring that up next time we're together. Well, heaven forbid <laughs> they sell any sort of tickets to, to come out to wherever they, should, they put that plaque up. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to hit that fanatics link. Cause you know, some of us like to, you know, be compensated for our coverage of this year program. Um, again, if, if, uh, if you're new to this, uh, the link that's in the podcast app that you're listening to the show on or in the content item from the website, um, hit that link as long, anything you buy, whether it's UVA championship stuff with that emblem on it or not, NBA, NFL, whatever, whatever, anything you buy from Fanatics, as long as you get that link, uh, as long as that link took you to the site, it, it will, uh, it goes to help support the site. So I very much appreciate, uh, you doing that. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through our uh, website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. You don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Uh, give us a rating review as well. That always helps to get us out in front of more people. If you're someone who's found the pod but hasn't given us a look, uh, check us out at Cast Corner. Uh, right now you can read. Uh, we've got updates on a pair of really interesting 2021 guards, Isa Silva and Carter Witt, who I guess is technically kind of talking about going back in 2020, so that's a sort of interesting wrinkle on him. You can also check out a breakdown um, that the Mothership did last weekend in L.A. and kind of talking about why Carson McCorkle might be the best fit of any of the commits uh, in the class of 2020. Uh, we're finishing up our Looking Ahead series um, as you listen to this this afternoon with the safeties, but make sure you also check out Ferber's breakdown of the cornerbacks. Um, let's see. Lastly, I'm planning to be in Charlottesville on Friday morning as the Who's wrap up their last workout of the summer, like I talked about earlier. And Ferber's going to be uh, on the scene next Friday morning early uh, when fall camp opens. So definitely this is the, the time of year when we finally get to talk about real things instead of things that UVA handed us on a silver platter. So again, I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving me graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate it. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.